Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. Oh, we're starting right out. I thought we were going to do it. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm Mike Agello, and I'm wearing a hat. Actually, I'm Yellow and waiting to see the backstory of that comment by Mike. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Heavily caffeinated. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I just in the mode, so I didn't know. I, I didn't think I didn't know we had, we well, well, pre-shows or anything. Let's, Sorry. Let's just do this briefly for a pre-show because yeah. I mean, it was it was rather impactful yesterday. The the pa- the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, I know that's for sure. Um, I mean, okay, I'm not the monstrous biggest Van Halen fan, but I you know wholeheartedly agree. He's an innovator and an unbelievable guitar player. Um, and it's funny because I'm probably one of those few people who liked the David Lee Roth version of Van Halen and didn't mind the, the Sammy Hagar version. I, th- I found redeeming qualities in both of them. So Yeah, I did too. I, I, I was lucky. A friend of mine invited me to see Van Halen at MSG. And I, I want to say tickets were like 50 bucks and they were mezzanine seats. They were really good. And that was when David Lee Roth came back. And, and, um, and Wolfie was playing and, bass. And Wolfgang was with him, right. And it was a great tour and it was a great show. And Eddie was still in good form. I enjoyed it. I just, my, my thing on Eddie is he was a great showman. He's never the great, the greatest guitarist ever. Cause he could never play the same notes twice. But when, right. when he was in, when he was in the mood, man, he could just, it was, he could just burn it though. It was unbelievable. Well, you can tell that he's appreciated when guys like Pete Townsend oh, and, yeah. and Eric Clapton have come out and said that he was, you know, an innovator and, and extremely, you know, extremely good. And, and, you know, of course, everybody knows he played the guitar solo on Beat It by Michael Jackson. But, uh, you I know, everybody knows that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Uncredited, by the way, and unpaid. Yeah. That, yeah. that, 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 I, that I could believe. I, I've done plenty of yeah, that. Yeah, of course we could believe. Yeah. <laughs> in hockey. And, and I've, de- I've definitely done a lot of work in, in music where I've been uncredited and unpaid. That's for sure. That makes sense. That right. Let's, let's talk about some hockey. Okay, let's talk about some hockey. Um, okay, so we already did the introductions. Um, the, 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 yesterday was – I want to get one rumor out there really right now that's, 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 that's just burning me up and trying my best to find out information. So if I have to jump around, I'm going to be doing this research on this. Um, right, right. So here's the thing. Um, Tuka Rask, okay, who I, I – I mean, we all know that Tuka Rask did nothing wrong by leaving the bubble. We all believe that he's that, – that everybody's, you know, Boston came out and said they're okay with him. Apparently that's not everybody in Boston. Um, and well, there's, a, there's a fan revolt going on there, Act. I mean, not just a fan revolt though. There are people actually within the organization, certain yeah. people who have certain say and certain, you know, and and it's and yeah, there is a fan revolt going on. But so the rumor is, you know, that Colorado is pushing hard to get Rask, and that the Bruins are really pushing hard to get Mark Andre Fleury. Um, that apparently Patrice Bergeron and Mark Andre Fleury are tight, um, which I didn't know. But that's something that I was told, and you know, and so that that's that's the 
That's the interesting thing, right, Trist, right now, and everything. Now we know Mark Andre Fleury. The asking price right now is is ludicrous, and well, not- yeah, and we I, we have we have to talk about that because Brian, yeah. I mean, and I don't know if it's one hundred percent true or not, but I'll just take it at face value. When Brian Lawton comes out and says that not only are teams asking for a number one and a number two for Fleury, but that they want uh, Vegas or some other team to retain at least a third of his salary. Okay, good luck. I, I don't think that I don't think Vegas is going to give that up. Like I said yesterday uh, on the second half, Eck, I think Vegas may buy him out because they if they're if they're going to be held hostage like that, that screw that. I know. Um, at some point, they might have to. And you know, where does Mark Andre Fleury where does Mark Andre Fleury end up? You know, I've always thought Minnesota was where I know Bill Guerin wants him big time. I know that's something that's definitely out there. Um, but if the Bruins were to move Rask to Colorado, it does make some sense that they would go after Mark Andre Fleury. You know, there I could see the logic in that. I could see that playing well, out. Minnesota might not be in a position to make that deal any longer, taking on uh, almost four million dollars in salary with the trade that they made today. I'm looking, just looking to see what their cap avail. I mean, they have a eight million dollars in available space, so you know that, that prop. Then they probably could uh, afford to do it, but. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, right mm-hmm. now, the, right now, their goaltending is Alex Stalock and Kapo Kakinen. And yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad actually. I'm okay with that goaltending. I don't know if they're gonna do anything. Uh, I, I was thinking this was true, and I went back and looked. You know, Flurry and um, and Bergeron were in the queue at the same time. Bergeron was only there a year. Flurry was there two years prior, but they were they were in at the same time, so they probably played each other. They probably played on an all-star team or so together. And so that's probably how they know each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Russ, just interesting because I'm keeping an eye on the second round of the draft. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Penguins drafted a goalie, uh, a Joel, Joel Bloomquist. Bloomquist is good. But again, in this draft, like I wrote about Drew Camesso and I, and I like him and I think he does a lot of things well. And, and Bloomquist is very good too. But again, these are not like – these Guaranteed are franchise goalies. It's not even close. Yeah, these are developmental projects. But we, that yeah. was the, that was the third goalie to go in the draft, and yeah. You know, so and and ahead of Nico Dawes, who was the number one goalie for Team Canada. Yeah, well, Dawes. You know, this is I believe this is the second go round for being yeah. drafted, and and Dawes has had ups and downs. He was really good this year. Obviously, he was goalie of the year, but I still think there's a little bit of a uh, a knock on him. And again. I'm not sure any of these goalies are number one goalies. So right. that's the whole thing. Now, Eck, we should tick off some of these some of these trades that happened because Yeah, go for it. Sure. Um, I mean, okay, first like I referenced the uh Nashville deal with Minnesota, uh and uh, Luke Cunning for uh Nick Benino. Uh Cunning, I believe, was still on his entry level contract and yeah, I think so. Benino is entering the final year of his deal, making four point one million. So Minnesota took took uh, a sizable uh, cap hit on this one. Plus, they get a second and a third round pick, uh, fourth round pick going to Nashville. So essentially, Nashville paid for them to take Benino's contract off their hands. But I, but uh, as they were saying, um, Garen had Benino when he was assistant GM in Pittsburgh, so he knows his he knows his character and quality. And uh, clearly, Nashville with that move, as well as the buyout of of uh, Kyle Turris and the buyout of Steven Santini, have uh, 
relieved themselves. I think it's like something like eight million dollars of uh, salary for next year. So yeah, I just again, Garen's falling back into guys he knows, but Cunning was yeah. a great goal scorer in college. He he had 15 goals last year, and he didn't get much power play time. If you put his shot on the power play, he's going to get you 25 goals. And 14 of his goals were even strength. He now that he's been healthy, he he started to have an impact. So hey, if you want to fall back and get one of your players, great. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Nashville got a goal guy that they need, and and this is a big thing for them is secondary scoring. So this is a great trade for Nashville. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Jan, there's just so much that I mean, I I can understand the trade of Cunning for Benino in terms of. Garen looking for a culture change in Minnesota, which we've been saying all along that a lot of these moves that he's making are based on that. But you're giving up a young player for a veteran guy. You're adding four million, almost $4 million in salary. And I don't know – see, I don't know right now is Minnesota a team that's going to make the playoffs or are they just sort of in a reset? I'm a, I question this deal a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me as you said that. So Benito only has one year left also on his deal. So he gave up a 21-year-old Kunin who I thought played better as the year went on, especially as Russ said when he started to get an opportunity. He started to kind of deliver on the promise that he had. And you turn him into Bonino. But the guy that got at 37 overall, I actually like that pick a lot. Um, and I can you can argue that maybe in terms of in the future, he may even have more upside than, than Kunin does. So that that, that – pushes the deal a little bit more towards what Minnesota did. But on the face of it, you know, the 10-year spread between Kuna and Benino, the one year that you only have him for probably unless you resign him, the $4 million in salary. I get changing the culture and maybe obviously he views Benino as a guy to come in and help aid in that. But I think it's a heavy price to pay and giving up a 21-year-old kid who we start, finally started to see some of the fruits of when they drafted him and some of the play that we expected from him. So Nashville gets a nice ad there. I mean, and they also get rid of four million dollars in salary on top of. I'm sure we'll get into them buying out tourists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as an example, too, Cunning had a couple of playoff goals too. You, you, you're basically trading for a 32 year old guy who, even though he had 18 goals, the wheels are going to come off at some point for Nick Benino real soon. And you traded a guy that could play 10 years. And, and that's else. and that's why it's you know it's he's only under contract for one more year. I know, but it's like even if he wants to resign him because he knows him, I don't know. You're probably taking him. You're probably offering him at most half of what he's making right now. The Flyers just made a gutsy pick. They took Emil Andre, who's a five foot nine defenseman who moves the puck great and has a lot of offensive ability, but okay. he's going to take a little while. He's a great skater, mm. but to get a guy like this into the NHL, you know, you've got to, he's going to have to do a few things. He's going to have to gain a little bit more weight. Uh, I forget what he's at. I want to say, let's see, can I see it there? No, he's probably at like 155. I think he's, if, if he doesn't gain weight, he's going to have to gain some strength. Uh, he probably will need to, he's good with puck possession. This is a good one. This is like, uh, hey, yeah. let's gamble a little here because this is an offensive defenseman. Yeah. Power play. They I don't, have, do, that. They I don't have, do that very often, Russ. You know, it's I, yeah, no, they don't. I have him at five, five, eight and a half, one hundred and eighty-one pounds. Oh, he's at one eighty-one already. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, but again, there's going to be some transition stuff because he looks great in open ice. I don't know what he looks like so much as much in um, in tight quarters. This is a good question. I was wondering too, Russ, that Anthony asks here. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case. He's a smart kid, and I don't think, and he's not, and he's not stuck on himself or anything. I think there must be teams that feel like he's not going to play center 
and he's going to play wing, so that then his value went down. I think it's just as simple as that. Right. We're talking about Perfetti, for those of you who are just listening to the show, we should have uh, put that. Oh in. yeah, sorry, yeah. That was, I never do that myself. <laughs> now the, the 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 other interesting trade, and we can go on for this for a while if we want to, was uh, Ottawa getting goaltender, which we said that they were going to have to yeah. uh, trading a second round pick, fifty second overall, and Jonathan Gruden, I know Russ, I know you you liked a couple years ago, yeah, uh, for for Matt Murray. Now this is the thing, Matt Murray has a year left. He's arbitration eligible. He has a year before UFA. I would be surprised if I'm Matt Murray. I don't know if I sign any more than a one-year deal and and see what the market holds. Although Ottawa's got a lot of cap space, I don't know. A, I don't know whether Ottawa wants to spend money for multiple years while they're rebuilding on on a goaltender. On a goaltender, and maybe this is a, a marriage of convenience where it's a one-year deal and then they see how he plays and maybe they offer him money then. But I don't know. Uh, I I touched base with somebody that I know in Ottawa and said that. He thinks that the the Sens would offer a uh, a three year deal at around five million bucks. I don't know. It's based on what uh, the reports were that what he was asking for out of Pittsburgh. I don't think he's taking that off. No, I think he's going to play it out and just see how it goes. But the interesting thing is, yeah, Gruden was like my sleeper pick in eighteen. He played on the same line as uh, as um, Jack Jack Hughes, and so he learned a lot from Jack Hughes. And Jack Hughes actually credited him too because he felt like Gruden's speed and decisive decision-making was really good and really helped him along. He's a guy who comes from a hockey family. And so like, as an example, when we look at these Pittsburgh guys and you look at someone like Teddy Bluger, I think Gruden can be a lot like that and probably even a little bit better, but he's really good all around. And so this is, this is a good pick because they got a good guy for the feeder system, which is what they desperately need. And the other, the other interesting thing about Ottawa was apparently they offered their last pick in the first round to Columbus for Unis Corpusalo, and Columbus turned it down. So that that tells you that Yarmo is putting a hell of a lot more value on on Corpusalo because he's got a low salary, yeah. and based on him coming off this great year. Um, and Ottawa had so many draft picks that they were willing to trade a first, but that wasn't enough. So if you put them those offers head to head. Corpus Allo at two point, I think it was two point eight million for a couple of years, and giving up a first or signing Murray and probably having to pay him five million bucks for a year, um, with with the deal that they made. I, I think I probably would have gone for Corpus Allo because it was more cost effective. But interesting little rumor I got here too that the Preds may have interest in Taylor Hall, which. Okay, you know we I haven't really talked They've about. They've got to stop doing this. They really I haven't do. talked about that. You know. Um, Honestly, well, I'm not in favor of that. I don't think it's the right mix for them. I think they've got to stop relying on bringing in, you know, big name talent and hoping that they're still going to bring the same, the same kind of gusto. It's like, you know what? Go well, with another streaky player, Russ. You're right about that. Like he's another streaky scoring forward. There he is. is. That's what they. That's what they. That's all the Poils picked up in the last several. I know, years. and it's just going forward. They're they're using the attractive qualities of Nashville. I believe Tennessee is another one of those no tax states. It's you know, yeah. the country music. What you know, though. Yeah. I mean, I I get why they would do that. I mean, honestly, if they were going after Petrangelo, that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I, I think Petrangelo is pretty set on where he wants to go, though. The different and Taylor Hall. I mean, I still think you know. I thought I've said all along that I think he wants to go to Calgary, but 
The well, question is, the question is this, like there is a possibility that Taylor Hall goes someplace short term. And that's been brought up a lot the last couple of days. Well, he, like, he wants to end up in Calgary. That's what if he was signing a seven year deal right now, it would only be with Calgary. I understand. Well, here, here's, here's the interesting thing, uh, because, because uh, going back to Petrangelo, the, the talk has been obviously the top two teams targets in terms of him going would be Vegas or Toronto and Vegas until they move flurry, I know they can go 10% over the cap, but until they move flurry, I think they're paralyzed in terms of being able to go after Petrangelo. Yeah. Because then, then, okay, you're in a bad negotiating position right now because you have Leonard and you, and everybody knows you have to trade Flurry. If they if they go after Petrangelo and sign him, and they're ten percent over, the, the 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 price to take on Flurry goes up even more. Yeah, no, but I think, and I then that's like we talked about this before with like the Nylander thing. You know, if the if the Leafs sign him and they go over, then the price on Nylander, it's the same kind of situation, right? These these, you know, when it, once a team knows you have to trade a guy, you have to trade a guy, and. I think, and, that, and that's why, and, yeah. and that's why, what when you when when you were uh, tweeted what or texted what you mentioned yesterday in terms yeah. of a potential Neilander deal, I think that only happens if they know for sure that they're getting Petrangelo. That's yeah. the only way it happens, and otherwise yeah. there, there's no point in making the deal. Yeah, well, there are. I mean, there there were there were a couple picks yesterday that were made. I was told that where they were working on trades, they ran out of time. Yeah, um, they like they like the player. The team they were talking to about a possible trade for that pick also liked that particular player. They made the deal, and they're going to see what happens from here. You know, so I think you could see some of these guys that were just picked. You know, moving pretty quickly. Okay, that's dangerous, though. I mean, it's extremely dangerous. Yeah, no, it is. But you know, but what else can you do in that situation? You know, they're kind of stuck. They're, no, I mean that's that's an interesting thing. Um, I, I want to bring up something that Esmir brought up here. He liked with what Doug Wilson Jr. did yesterday with the, the, the sign yeah. language. So I wrote about uh, Ozzy Wiesblatt two years ago. Two years ago, Shane Malloy brought him to my attention. I wrote about it on on uh, Elite Prospects and about his whole family situation and his mom being deaf and bringing up five kids. And it's a tremendous story. I was practically crying when, yeah. when he got picked. I, I saw him playing the top prospects game. He's a really good player. I actually think that's what really helped start the rise in his um, – in his, in his value. And mm -hmm. I, I met him and his agent after the game, just a solid kid, solid family, just an amazing story. Really. <laughs> I got to check that one out. We should repost that somewhere somewhat time. Um, uh, it's all over Twitter. It's all over my timeline. Trust me. They're yeah. taking elite prospects is taking advantage of it. Don't worry. Very good. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, we'll definitely have to go check it out for sure. Um, well, let, let, yeah. before let, 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 let's continue on. what's that? Doc? Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue on. No, I was going to say, why, why don't we just quickly scan through uh, some of the picks that were made yesterday, and uh, um, you know, in terms of whether you think that they were they were good selections or not, Russ. I mean, is there anybody in the first round that you thought was picked way too, way too high or way too low? Uh, one sec, sorry, and then I'll tell you. One thing I'll I'll mention real quick because Esmir said, "Hey, Wilson Jr. looked like a real looks like a really cool guy. He is, and he's a Jets fan, so we talk about the Jets all the time. <laughs> that's, that's cruel and inhuman punishment, there. Yes, he, listen, he's a he's a diehard Jets fan. He's not just a Jets fan. He wow. is a diehard. He is a diehard Jets fan. Right, so, so let's let's do it this way. The top three picks were basically chalk. Yeah. We knew it. It was just a question of Stutzla, Byfield, or Byfield, Stutzla. So it goes full of right. Byfield, Stutzla. The, then, uh, obviously, that, that wild card, that uh, hinge in the draft, 
Uh, Eisenman takes Lucas Raymond. I don't think it's a bad pick. I'm just a little. It's not, it's not that big of a reach. It's not. No, it's not, not at all. He's a hell of a player, man. Uh, Ottawa takes Jake Sanderson ahead of Drysdale. Drysdale goes Fine. to Anaheim at six. Um, yep. Again, we thought both of those guys were going to go in the top ten. It's just a question of who teams like better on their list. Uh, seven. Uh, Jersey goes with Alexander Holtz. Yeah, I, I love the pick. I had him going to New Jersey. I think New Jersey saw the same things I did, and and I and I think they they saw that they need goal scoring, and he is a goal scorer. But he's also able to get assists too. But he's a very creative goal scorer with a great release on his shot, and those are things that translate well in the NHL. So, no, I I think they saw the same things in in that. Look, I I like the pick of. Jack Quinn to Buffalo. I talked about because of you, Mike, on Sirius about the stupid picks at eight that the Sabres fans are uh, focused on, which is dumb. It really is dumb. Uh, but that's that's their that's their you know their prerogative. Perfetti, yeah, that that was a little bit of a fall, no big deal. Askarov did sort of take the trip that um, I thought he would, and and good for Nashville for standing up. I I, I think Florida did great with Lundell, and I thought. The Oilers got a steal with Holloway. Like that's something where, that's a big deal. We we called it on the on the show yesterday. Uh, you know we know Bill Zito's um, connection to Finland in terms of you know people he represented yeah. as an agent and and then Tim Thomas who yeah. played over and put two and two together about Lundell and that ended up being. And I pronounced his name right, so Zito can't correct my pronunciation on this one. So <laughs> that's a uh, that's a big deal in in, in my eyes, but. And, you know, yeah. Amirov is a hell of a player. And I do want yeah. to talk about that because I, I don't get Leaf fans. If you didn't watch the World Juniors, fine. If you haven't seen any highlights of how he started off the KHL season, then you're just simply missing out. I mean, he is a, a guy who plays two-way, smart hockey. He will get you 50 points in a season. He will bother the other team. He will play hard minutes. The Leafs need guys like this. Everybody's talking about the Leafs being too soft. Well, he is not soft. So I don't understand it at all. Montreal, Montreal just traded down in this round. They got pick 124 and a second round pick next year. Whoa. Yeah, that's smart. So they traded. They well, because they have they they had eleven they or twenty picks every yeah, year. They already had back to back picks. I really want to do every now, year. I want to do a thing where we have like where we take every number in the draft, hand it out to like all the all the readers, and like win a prize if your particular number is traded. Like you know. Yeah. Pick number 54, one or two. I got to remind me. I'll tell that. you the worst pick in the draft because, you know, Esmir and other guys want to know about mm -hmm. it. And I'm just going to call him Shaq. Shaq at 20 is mind-boggling. He is such a project. Yes, he's got a great shot. Yes, he started the season strong. He would have been there probably in the beginning of the third round. Right. But for some reason, New Jersey, they – you know, this happens to teams when they have multiple picks. Just ask the Boston Bruins. Yes. Sometimes they outthink themselves and they feel like, well, let's take a home run swing on the on the third one. It's like, well, you didn't need to take a home run swing. He was he would be there. Like he if you would have just played out the draft, he would be there. And they ran to get this guy. And this was the biggest shock of the entire draft. I think Ottawa is doing a really good job. This year, with all their picks, Russ, I think they that they're doing. Yeah. Ottawa's I mean, done a good job again. In the well, first I mean, round, they Cam was, was going to say something. Jersey, I think Jersey might have been influenced by the Rangers trading up to get the guy I think they had targeted, right? And I think that may have forced their hand a little bit. Again, that's where you're staying way too true to say, "Hey, I need to get two forwards and a D-man with my three picks." 
And, you know, regardless, I'm going to make sure I make that pick as opposed to trading down. Right. Or well, just not taking the guy there, taking somebody else and grabbing yeah, another the best player at that point. That's what I think they should have well, done. There's never there's never been any complaint about Dorian's ability to to scout. I mean, he's always no. he's a really good job. I just want to go back to this for a second because uh, uh, Amaroff, um, I asked in a question in a conference call this morning, um, and you know, I don't, the Leafs, they, it was challenged because it was a Zoom situation. He's over in, in Ufa, and they had a translator, and the translator was translating in between every sentence. So he, I, he didn't – I asked him, like, who he modeled his game after, and after about five minutes he said, well, I, I like Matthews, Marner, and other players on the Leafs. So, you know, I don't think he really – He's not those guys. And then, he, and then he said Kucherov, and, and you know, if, he, if he's anything like Kucherov, then that's a, that's a grand – He's slam. not Kucherov either. But, but, but that's okay. I mean, right. always – for the stars, man. I mean, this uh, is this is this is the and I'll just be brief on this. This is the the the, the situation with Leaf fans. Everybody is was from Craig Button to every other uh, uh, mock draft was saying the Leafs should be taking a defenseman. The defensemen that were on the board at fifteen were not fifteenth overall worthy. No, uh, but I, as far as now, what's been happening in the second round, they've had plenty of chances and let a lot of guys go. But well, um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying it's like, you know, and, and of course they pointed after the Caden Gooley was drafted the pick after them uh, by Montreal. Braden Schneider, the, the, the Rangers traded up to get a, get get him at 19. You know, I'll, I'll grant you that. I think that Amaroff was a really good pick at, at 15. And I think that, that the Leafs were trying to get a defenseman in the second round and missed by a few picks. So I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what they what they end up picking in the rest of the draft. But I, I don't think it was a bad pick at all. I actually think it was a good pick. And people have to realize, Leaf fans out there, they have to realize that the defenseman that you were taking at fifteen potentially was not going to help you this year. That's no. how free agency is going to help. No, um, you mean like Ryan O'Rourke, Mike? Yeah. Well, let's I mean, talk I, about, let's talk about Forrester for a second. Yeah. So Forrester's, I, I, I've had this pick in for a long time. Like I. I, I've been talking about Forrester for a while. I did finally write about him about three or mm. four weeks ago. He is a guy who could be – he could blow up the offensive zone. He's got a great wrist shot. He's powerful. He needs to work on his skating, which is fine. I don't think it's it's nothing bad. It's really yeah. just you know a little more explosiveness. But he blocks shots. He has a defensive nature. Like this isn't just a guy who's just a power forward and can score because he's big. Uh-uh-uh. And and this is a guy that's got more talent than Isaac Radcliffe. We I always liked Radcliffe's ability to shake and bake or whatever, but he doesn't have a wrist shot like this guy, and he doesn't. He's not willing to play defense like this guy. And yeah. so this is why this is a really great pick for the Flyers. And I'm glad they did it over Ridley Gregg. I think that would have been just too much talk and and distraction. And like yeah. Mark was sort of bringing up, even though Fletcher said, "Well, if I want to pick him, we'll pick him," and he didn't. So I'm glad they didn't. But I really hated that rest because I was talking to my to my sources in Ottawa at the time this was happening, um, you know, going back and forth on text, and they were um, they wanted Forrester. That was the guy that the Senators wanted, and they ended up getting Greg. But they really wanted Forrester in the biggest way. Like that okay. was well, they, that they, tremendous for them. I, yeah. I will bring up Schneider in the sense that I do think Schneider's a really good pick, and I'm just going to bring up the catchphrase that Jeff Gordon said is completely wrong. And I just want to tell people it's completely wrong. Don't tell fans that you watch the Stanley Cup this year and you're drafting toughness based <laughs> on what you saw this year because yeah. you're not going to see Schneider for four years. And they did the same thing. Glenn Sater said the same thing about Dylan McElrath, but luckily Schneider is not Dylan McElrath. But don't <laughs> give that line 
to the fans, it's a bad line to say because it's completely untrue. Dylan, yeah, I can tell you at least five there. people in my blog yesterday referenced <laughs> the Makarov pick. Yeah, well, that's why. Because they heard the same phrase, Jan, and you know that's just going to set off fans. And yeah, it's just the like, Spider's got a much better skill set and a much better skater. And, and can he, produce he is. That There's no question. To Makarov. It's like night yeah. and day as of right now between the two. Right, but it's a good thing you said as of right now because the one thing – there's two things that could always happen. When you get Schneider, if you didn't get him for his all-around play and you got him for his toughness, what if in four or five years he can't plaster a guy against the boards anymore? Like that that could be an issue, and I do think he is still going to have to up his skating like a lot of other players. He does have mobility, but he has mobility for the level he's at. He's still He can't rest on that. Right. Uh, Lawton is uh, apparently Brian Lawton is saying that the Leafs are really trying to trade Nylander right now. And I, I wrote this earlier today, too, that this is this. I was told that these next couple rounds are where they really want to do it, that they want to make they want it happen today. And, you know, one story is going as far as saying that if they don't trade him today. They're not going to go after Pietrangelo. Well, which is uh, interesting. I don't uh, know how that plays out. Well, Lawton has good source, sources. Very good source. Lawton's very good, especially with Toronto stuff in general. Russ, uh, Leafs are up at 59, and a guy that you you projected as a uh, a first round pick is still on the board in Poirier. Yeah, I would take him. And the uh, interesting he goes fifty eight to the Bruins, right? I mean, it's no, right. Bruins took Mason Laurie. Here's the okay. thing about about Jeremy Poirier: skating ability, shoot, stick handling ability, shooting ability is amazing. Defense needs work. He does gamble with the puck now. I had a conversation with someone today. I won't say who it is, but they said he'd be an unbelievable left winger. And there is some truth to that. Yeah. You know, just like the same way like Ron Grester played, you know, on the wing and he played on defense because he was so offensive. It took him a while to get his defensive game back. He was filling in because of injury, but he could do it. This is the kind of guy that actually could do that. But I would take him because I'd be like, you know what? The Leafs have had very good luck with defensemen. They've, they've actually done a very good job of developing defensemen, and I think they could develop this guy. Maybe he takes a little longer, but all the other skills you want in an NHL offensive defenseman are there. He's the only defenseman in the draft that scored 20 goals. I take the, the shot at him. I do, but that's only – yeah, Boston didn't take him, so that's good. I would take him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're still in the uh, second round. Yeah. Three, we're two hours in already, and we're still in the second round. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? This is bad TV today. I'm sorry. I, I mean, if for us, I mean, obviously. For me, for it's us, great. This is like. I mean, Russ, this is great for us, for the rest of the world and people who know prospects and everything like that. But even if you wanted, even if you, you know, enjoy yeah. it, we are really, really dragging this. How many rounds are there? Seven. <laughs> right. We got five plus more still to go. Uh, do they, they do speed up the time though, right? Like, yeah. To answer Vepsis, yes, I had a lot about Amirov when I was on Sirius. I picked him, I think, in my mock to go twentieth, yeah, to the Devils, and I, they asked me, well, who could possibly go higher than you know what you have listed? And I said Amirov. I had him nineteen to Calgary, and I and I mentioned him, so that's why I wasn't surprised at that. Now, Eck, what well, you're talking about a long day, so. Yesterday we did what we did. Yeah. Then we did the other show. Yeah. And I went back on Sirius. I, you, 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 <laughs> I was on until midnight. I can't believe you have a voice right now. I know. So yeah. I was on until midnight. Then my dog had a little trouble during the night. So I got some sleep. Right. And now I'm back on again with this. And yeah. now I'm going to go back on after the draft again today, whenever that is. Uh, Very Russ, nice. Very we'll nice. see you at midnight again, Russ. 
I mean, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Askarov and the Predators too. Um, okay. can I just, can I just, uh, the, the Leafs took okay. Ronnie Hervonen. A good pick. He was the other guy I was going to mention. It's still out there. Yeah. No, so that's what do you know about him. I, I, the one thing I thought I tweeted and didn't, and I told Mike this, there was going to be a strong stream of Euros and NCAA players today simply because you don't have to worry about signing them to quick ELCs and you don't have to worry about developing them. And that's something now in this cap flat cap world yeah. that's very attractive. And that's why we're seeing a lot of them. I'll tell you something else about that. And this is a little bit off the side, but you're right, Russ. And this is that the, um, that a lot of the free agents that are talking to teams now are going to have to sign these deals where with, of course, without signing bonuses, because there's no money to be to given signing bonuses, but also in deals where you have, you know, them increasing over time where they're getting paid less the first couple of years. And, you know, so the, you know, where you normally see it the opposite, usually, you know, usually yeah. see like, you know, and, but because the, because of the flat cap, a lot of them are going to have to actually take, less money and that's that's a that's a thing that people are really really conscious of every yeah. i've talked to is trying the same thing they're trying to do they're, they're trying to set up their ufas in situations like that actually well, alan savage is asking about uh neighbors and he is craig barube with more talent and that's why i think the uh blues got him because he has the same mentality craig barube does well, maybe, I'll, maybe i'll see him maybe i'll see him fishing down the shore okay. <laughs> maybe well <laughs> Yeah, I, well, it, it's interesting today, and we, uh, I mean, the, the deadline is 5 p.m., but we've already heard uh, Athenasiou is not being qualified uh, with Edmonton. Right, that's a pretty big name not to get qualified. Yeah, Evan Evan Rodriguez is not being qualified with Toronto, which I wrote about earlier in the week, and I didn't think they were right. going to do it because the qualifying offer would have been over $2 million. Um, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Vinny Hinnestroza from yesterday for uh, Arizona didn't qualify him. So a lot of teams are, are basically to say, you know, go out and test your wares. Yeah. Market where nobody's got any money. Evan Rodriguez could be end up coming with his tail between his legs back to Toronto and say, could you give me that $700,000 offer? Because I don't think, you know, a lot of guys, these are, you know, it's going to be, very tight fits for a lot of these teams, and I don't think a lot of these players are getting anything anything more than league room deals. But Mike, you remember I did tell you I yes. felt that Rodriguez was going to test as much as he could. Right. Oh no, no, you you were you hit a dead. You know, his his agent came out and said, "Well, we just couldn't fit things together." Oh, gee, yeah, it was a shot. No, he wasn't. He was never. This has nothing to do with the Leafs. He was never going to sign with anybody. He right. really. This is his one chance at a the best contract he's going to get, whatever that ends up being. And so I think they were taking that swing for the fence, no matter what. Uh, Richard Drisky, what is Tampa Bay's plan on moving players? Johnson, Kalorin. Um, well, they're trying with Johnson. Obviously. They're trying to move Johnson. Um, He's giving them a list of five teams. For Kalorin, they want a um, number one pick back next year, which is a tough one. You can't give him a number one for Kalorin. I mean, he's good in front of the net and all. And but he scored almost 30 goals. I know, um, but again, that's the same as giving a number one for Wayne Simmons. At some point – Alex Kalorn's going to be too beat up. So basically, and, them and they have Gord too, you know. And Gord's another guy that they're trying to. That, that, yep. that, that those three are basically the three guys. Then I've been told if that doesn't work and they can't get anywhere with that because they're they're actually trying to, they're they're trying to to sweeten the pot with Johnson to get more. They're trying to, but Johnson is is also a um, you know, at the same time is is what is what is, is also a, is can play center. So that's that's pretty good. So, so can Gord, but they both have ridiculous term left. Good right, job. ridiculous term left. And um, the other, so at the end of the day, the really the real big move for them 
um, if they really get desperate, I, I was told is Palat, which is obviously what they don't want to do. Yeah, but, but he's got no trouble. Right, right. But he has he has value. Um, and they could, you know, they could definitely get they're just trying not to they're trying to get value for some of these guys. And that it's that's a really that's a really hard thing to do, um, at the end of the day. Um so far, uh, there is no word about whether Johnson has has or hasn't been. I mean, whether D Dylan Strom has been um, qualified, right? We have nothing on Dylan Strom yet. I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't qualify. I mean, it's like, you know, right. There, there I, are, a couple GMs told me that they've heard they, they aren't going to. Oh, so yeah, I don't know Dylan whether or not that's going to be true. What was that? Dylan Strom or Ryan Strom? I uh, know. Um, Dylan Rangers. Strom. Rangers. Yeah, Rangers Strom. Ryan Strom. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Dylan Strom's with the both, both of them are you RFA, but and both uh, yeah, no, Ryan Strom with the Rangers. Sorry, that's I meant Ryan. Yes, no, they, a lot of people don't think that he isn't going to get quality. He is not going to get We will see. We will see. And Palat did have a hell of a playoff, Anthony. That's and that's a, that's a big thing in that Palat has a lot of value out there. Let's talk for a second about um, about Askarov and the um, Askarov and the play that the Predators made on this, which I thought was brilliant. And, and it's funny because the one thing I was listening to, and a lot of people kept saying this, and it's funny because you hear people on XM saying the same thing. So you're like, oh, that must, they must have talked to so-and-so because that's what they said to me, is that GMs don't like to draft goalies in the first round because they usually don't aren't they don't survive to see that goalie play for their team. Right. And, it's, you know, and, and yet so it's hard to sit there and say, you know, what I did. And, you know, like, for an example, you know, Carter Hart, Ron Hextall drafted Carter Hart, you know, yeah. and where are we sitting, you know, where's, where's Ron Hextall right now? So. Yeah. It's interesting. The one GM that would that wouldn't care would be, you know, Poyle. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, he should have really thought more about that as it was going along because it's like, you know, he doesn't. You know, he he's it's GM probably for as long as he wants to be. And if this is a gutsy pick for them, Eck, because they haven't had great luck with Russians, and yeah. they need they need a, quite a few things in their system too. And like when when he was, I was pick, I was looking at the teams: Nashville, Minnesota. Who's going to be the team that sticks? You know, steps up and gets them. I'm I'm proud of Nashville for doing it because they're gonna yeah. you know they're gonna get the benefit of it. I think they will, and if he you know depending on how long it takes him to play, and some people think it could be sooner than later, right? I mean he's 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 one of those guys they say could be playing in two years, right? Or yeah, he years. could be playing in two years, but also the problem is he's gonna come over. He's probably gonna only sign a one year ELC, but the issue is he's the best goalie in the KHL, so they're gonna offer him like a million and a half bucks. And is he really going to come over for his ELC right away when he could pull in like three million bucks before he hits the NHL? That's the real question. It'll 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 be it'll be up to his how competitive the guy is, basically. You know, like that, yeah, like that's that's what you see in that situation. I mean, KHL yeah. players they they want to come to the NHL. Yeah, but um, Sam Sonoff took his time. Kuznetsov yeah, yeah. took his time. Like it depends. Sonoff took his time because because of Braden Hopi too. Like you're okay, talking but, about, but Kuznetsov does have a goalie. Sure, Kuznetsov could have come. Tarasenko could have come anytime they wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know, I mean, they the Preds do have a good goalie in the AHL, but they don't have a re, they don't have a guy that's going to be blocking Askarov from playing. So, you know that. that no, idea. I don't. I don't think so. Ingram's nice, but I, I don't think he'll block Askarov. Yeah, yeah, I, and so that 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 changes things a little bit. I think I do. I think think that changes things a little bit. Um, anybody out there, Russ, that you're still like that you still feel like should have should have been drafted? Like that, you know, I know where you're trying to probably keep track is where we are here, but it's one of them. Yeah. Um, let me look real quick over I mean, keep talking. It, I'll, I'll tell you a few. Yeah, uh, there's there's always a couple guys. I also I mean, I, I like the celebrations on Zoom. I just I just still feel like horrendous for these guys who don't get picked, you know, and are sitting. Oh, there. sure. I mean, but they're 
again, hockey players are good soldiers, man. Yeah. And they knew this was coming. But yeah. to be honest, to be really honest, would they like to be on stage? Yes. But you know what? They are sort of happy being with their family, honestly. Well, I think it's less stressful to do this than it is to sit in the arenas waiting to get picked. Like, I well, think. Yeah. Here, Russ, okay, I'm looking no, at. No, I, I got a few. Um, I would go Ty Smolanic. Mm -hmm. Ty Smolanic's got a lot of speed. He had a bunch of injuries oh, well, last we year. We have a trade, boys and girls. Yeah. The Rangers traded Elias Anderson to the Los Angeles Kings for the 60th pick in the draft. Well, I think Anderson's dad's still a scout for the Kings, so that's a smart trade. Okay. So that's that's a good move. Uh, listen, Leas Anderson's going to play in the NHL. He just got off to a bad start, wasn't treated exactly right, and all the other stuff happened. Go look at his numbers at HP71. They're good. So, so seventh overall pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. He wasn't maybe worthy of that, but I got to tell you, he's, he's a decent player, and he was their best defensive player a year ago coming into the season, and it all fell apart. So there's more to it than just – he can't play because he can play. But um, getting back to it. suspended right now for five games. So Okay. For what? Headshot. Okay, but that's fine. I mean, you you want aggressiveness. Like that's something where he is going to be a defensive shutdown guy. So right. if he's going to play on the edge, and you got to remember there, they don't put up with anything. Right. Um, Are you surprised that Foodie is still on the board? No, because he is a definite project. He's, he's got a lot of speed. And he's a decent face-off guy, and he could score some goals. But he didn't put up near the points that everybody thought he would, so now he's sort of paying that price. But when I saw him a couple games in a row, my issue with Foodie was the fact that he would make great plays, great zone entries, and then the players he's playing with, he couldn't get the puck to. Or if he got the puck to him, they didn't get it back to him in a good scoring position. And I just felt like some of that was on the players too. So – Somebody's got to get a good one in Foodie, but nobody's taking a risk. This is a good pick by the Rangers. Cully, I forget how you pronounce his name, but he's William Cully. Uh, good, that's a good pick. Um, so Smolanik, I like Daniil Gushkin. He, he played for Muskegon. He had 22 goals in 42 games. He has got a lot of talent. He came over to the U.S. early so he can get uh, assimilated. He's going to play for Niagara this year. That's a guy who I like. At uh, some point, we'll, we'll hear his name called. Uh, uh, is Nybeck? Yeah, Nybeck is another one who teams are probably iffy about him because he's a little bit smaller, and where he scores his goals are around the net and around there, but he's pretty fearless. He's a guy who knows where the puck's going to go. He's got a great shot. He's worked on his two-step quickness already, so at some point he will be one of those guys that somebody gets a real deal on, and, yeah, he'll he'll take a few years overseas, but that's fine. Um I was happy to see Clevin get taken. I, you know, I wrote about Clevin in October. Right, it seems right, like right, sure. seems like five years ago, but that was a really good pick. <laughs> he is going to be a shutdown defenseman. It's funny because he's got a great shot. Like Sam Moran had a great shot, but the problem is the windup is so hard and long that he won't get that kind of time in the NHL to uncork it. So unless he does something with it, he's not going to get to use it very much. But uh, and you had uh, Sean Farrell from uh, yeah from the. Yeah, I like Sean Farrell. He's a guy you notice every game, and he's fast. He's smart. He doesn't always finish the way you'd hope, and so I think there's something there where he's got to become a little bit of a better finisher, but he is a guy that um, somebody will draft and, and get a really good player. There's a bunch of college players that I've got tagged that probably will start seeing 
from the third round on, uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, there's Parker Ford for Providence. He was playing first line center and, and doing great last year. There's well, Kuznetsov went, that's a good pick. Kuznetsov. The big thing about him is, um, really good one timer, really safe, accurate passes, a lot of hockey sense and block shots. Uh, Zach Ewins from Merrimack and Declan Carlisle from Merrimack. That's, that was a good combination there. They're both going to go. Carl Berglund is a center from UMass. Jacob Flynn, another defenseman from UConn, has a good chance. So these are guys that, you know, we'll start seeing a little later on because these college players, you know, they go three years at least in college and right. teams don't have to worry about them and they develop. Uh, Igor Sokolov taken by yeah. Ottawa. And now Tampa finishes out the second round. And Russ, this is Man, I had a horrible French teacher named. Madame Sokolov, that just proved this, me gave me shivers. Sorry. This is a perfect place for a team like Tampa who likes to develop their players. If they take Poirier here at the end of the second round, you know, with the talent yeah. that he has. Here, here's yeah. So I did an article on three power forwards that I like that would be later in the draft, like this, like in the second, third round. Yeah. Colangelo was one. He went. I thought the Leafs should have gotten him. Dylan Peterson's another one who's still on the board. And Sokolov. And Sokolov's 6'4", 240, man. He, <laughs> he's a guy that is fast for his size. He has a lot of goals. He had like 79 goals last two, twenty years. 19. Yep. So, um, but he's an overager, which is fine. That's right. another – that could be another benefit for them. So the uh, the cycle for him is a little bit less. But he um, he's a hard worker. And, you know, he's a bottom six guy. But the idea is I like it because of the age. I think it gives them uh, – a little bit of a leg up because now they can bring him over. And, and you know what? He also um, draws penalties because of that size and guys can't get around him. When he holds onto the puck, a lot of times they, he draws hooking penalties. So mm -hmm. it's a good player. Yeah, oh, nice. Does anybody like you like better that was still on the board than who the Rangers took? Maybe Poirier or one of those guys? I mean, I don't think the Rangers will take the chance on Poirier because, you know, they want to be safer. And I, and I think right now that's Gordon's. Uh, Mo, he doesn't really swing for the fences very often. I, you know, you know that's that's a good pick. Right now, if we're looking at guys at this part in the draft, the one guy who I might have gone for is Smolanic, simply because he's a center. The Rangers do need centers, and he his his height could be a second line center, and he's got great speed. But it's not like you know Boone Evis where the guy is just speed. This guy has finished to him, and he's going to go to college, but. That's okay. I mean, they did get a good pick here. So the Rangers, that that one I like a lot. You know, I think it's good. And the Sens took Sokolov last, and that just took yep. them. So, so Ak, have we heard anything about rights being traded for Hall, for Petrangelo? Uh, no, we haven't. Um, I do know. Yesterday, when I was talking to people about the about you know what was kind of like a real lack of trades, and and we're getting we're getting trades today. But we're still really seeing the trades that we have to see. Was that this is just kind of overwhelming? This like whole thing with um, the, the, you know, the whole Zoom thing and trying to keep everything going. They they just want. I, I hear tonight, uh, you know, after this is all said and done, if they still if they can still stand because it's gonna be it's gonna be probably eleven thirty at night before this ends night. But whenever this is stop, back, I can't do that. <laughs> this is said and done. Sorry, I want to watch the Yankees game tonight. Sorry. Yeah, whenever whenever this is said and done, that's when the trading will begin because they really this it's really hard for them to to Zoom texts all this stuff i mean i've gotten two texts today by accident from people who were like just ignore that i didn't mean that for you and i just okay you know and they two things that went down it's just like funny 
I mean, they're not big things. They're just like little who's going to get drafted next type things. But yeah, it's um, they're they're trying so hard to get this, you know, thing going. I don't think we're going to see anything um, until. I mean, we saw the one trade before. The biggest trade so far was Murray today, and that, I don't think we're going to see anything that that size in this because if they do pick up the pace of this, which they have to, um, then well, don't, they cut it, don't they cut it down after the second round, Russ? Isn't it like two minutes? Yeah, it should be. But yeah. I don't know. In a virtual world, they may not do it, right? Yeah, I mean, they. This is like they have to. Um, uh, so Tampa uh, finished out the second round with Gage Concalvis. Yeah, I don't know him. Yeah, right? Isn't that their first pick? I'm going to give you the secret to when yes. I do when I go on the air for day two, and for all these guys, you know, again, these teams have staffs of, you know, like the Leafs probably have 20 scouts. Yeah, and then there's some teams that have fewer. You know, certainly the Sabers have fewer right now. No, um, but, but but the Rangers have a ton. So what's that? When I'm on day two, a lot of times I will let the host know, Hey, I know this guy. I know this guy. I know this guy I can talk about this guy. I can talk about this guy. There's plenty of guys I can't talk about. I couldn't yeah. have talked about Shaq yesterday. I couldn't have talked about the pick that Yarmo made Chikinikov at all. And the fact that Yarmo said, well, he's in our top 10 right now. Yarmo's got such a reputation that nobody's going to call him on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's going to get back in there and watch more film. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. If, if people only knew, the amount of time okay. that I put into this, and uh, I know. And so the one thing I, I have, say about the, Ra the Rangers pick is, it's interesting because they've talked about becoming much more of a north-south team and a harder team to play against, yeah. As opposed to an east-west, the guy they took kind of fills that bill, right? Hard shot, yes. difficult to play against. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the descriptions of him: big body, good shot, clearly yeah. willing to drop the gloves. It sounds yeah. almost a little bit like Tom Wilson. I mean, granted, obviously you'd love. I don't to think he's out that way, but in terms of Style of play is what style I mean. Style of play, yes. I don't style think he's the play. athlete Wilson is, but yes. Man, People have to remember, like, Wilson, even aside from his goal scoring when he was at Plymouth, he was an amazing athlete. Like, this guy was, a, like, tremendous in the broad jump. Like, he is just a natural talent. The fact that he's a natural asshole just adds to his value. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Not all of us can say we're a natural one. It's sometimes it's, it's – it's, sometimes it takes years, it. but, hey. Right. Better to be natural than not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, my but, goodness. But, but so, nothing. You know, by the way, so before we get out of here, we, we, we're getting out of here relatively soon. Um, the uh, I do want to throw this out there, too, and that is that we will be back on – we'll be back tomorrow doing a show as well, but, you know, a quick show basically. But then on Friday, we'll be back with Kevin Allen and other folks as well, and we'll be going on at 11.30 a.m., um, to uh well, i'm to, not sleeping this whole week honestly yeah i mean just this it, it, this is like this is the equivalent of like writers playing three games in four nights i think yeah um, i'll order my i'll order my wings ahead but it's not going to be from the anchor bar because yeah play. i ordered i ordered my uh my my chili con queso to come today because I'm, I'm like that, that that's usually my power food to get through something i had taco bell i just i, I loaded it up and we that's saw, what's that's saw, what's fueling me. <laughs> when, when you just don't care anymore russ yeah i just <laughs> it, and really at this point everything else in life is secondary to what's oh, going on and, and then we have families and you're the same way so i have to push it all like aside uh, and i had a family crazy thing last night so i'm i'm like absolutely out of my head right now exhausted yeah. But we're going to keep pounding on here. And um, Russ, uh, I have to, just have to say the, the, the question that I asked Kyle Dubas must have come home. It, it must have been something in his mind because they've taken now their third non North American, a Tory Nimella. 
a defenseman, yeah. a Finnish defenseman. Yeah, him I am unfamiliar with, although I could look at World Junior. Oh, that have no idea what they're heading for. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing I want to tell Michael Cohen, which is interesting, I don't go to Europe, but I actually was thinking about going this past year until everything happened. But you could cheat. You could go to the international tournaments like the World Juniors. You can go to the, uh, the U18s. You could go to the Five Nations. And a lot of those guys are there. And that's what I end up doing if I can't get to Europe, which I haven't done yet. Yeah, it's not no, Tori. It's Toby Nima, a right five hundred and fifty-six pounds. Toby Niamela. Wow. Okay. There you go. I forget there was some. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm not gonna say it. Um, it sounds like some kind of uh, animal, though. I forget. There's this an is one of those drafts, Mike, where after the first round, the Leafs are going to have to justify these picks for a long time because not everybody knows them, right? And so, and it doesn't mean they're bad picks, but this is going to just be one of those that is going to be harder to sell to the fans than normal. True, right. but you know, what, which, also which, at the same extent, you know, sometimes easier because like they they can't at least they're not yeah. they're going to have to sell anybody they pick, so they don't yeah. you know I think oh, at the end right. of the day, okay, so at least no one knows who these guys are right now to criticize it them. Puts more pressure on them when Friday rolls around to make consequential signings. That's why I still think that there's a good chance that if. Petrangelo hits open market. I mean, they can they can cover up, you know, uh, picking players that nobody knows if on Friday they make the make the big splash. Not to say that that's the whole sole reason to make the big splash, but you really have to improve your defense. Otherwise, the same no, thing happens. They're doomed to repeat history over and over and over right. again. And, exactly. And uh, you know, and Dubas is not making a lot of friends out there. I'll say that he's not the most popular GM among the other GMs. So he has to really. I think. That I think that's not his fault, though. You know what it is. Better. He is. He's younger, so that that I think there is. No, some I mean, that, that's not the, that's not the issue. I think there, there's um. There's an aloof. There's an aloofness to him. There is. There's an arrogance that comes. That I don't comes think up. it's arrogance. I think it's an aloofness. It is either, but I'm saying that you know, perception's reality. I'm not. I'm not he trying to be. No, he shuffles to the beat of a different drummer. He believes in different things than some of these other general managers do. And, that and he does you know, believe that Toronto is, like, up here and everybody else is here. And that, that's well, they all believe that. At. Come on. Yeah, that's, but that's, that perception does not help him. I've, everybody who lives in Toronto that. believes that. That's true. <laughs> right. Well, that's Toronto. Yeah, Mackenzie made the joke yesterday. We're on a map. It's Toronto up here and we're down here. That's it is. Oh, made the joke yesterday that Buffalo is, is part of Toronto. Like, yeah, he's it is called, on national TV. <laughs> Yeah, that was I, didn't, that, yeah. I didn't know that Liam McHugh went to the University of Buffalo. Uh, but, no, but that's, that's that, a shame, actually. There's, there is a reason that they call Toronto the center of the hockey universe because it is. And everyone else on the everyone wow. loves that. They love that. They do and love so, that. Two things. First of all, obviously, we need to do a shout out to Guy Lafleur and hoping full recovery and the recurrence of the lung cancer. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly not ideal. That just came out earlier today. Yeah. So clearly full recovery. And then. We yeah. talked. You know, you mentioned Ryan Strom. You kind of have to wonder with the Rangers not dealing him to try to get a second round pick. You sort of kind of wonder is maybe they are going to give him a qualifying offer. I mean, I think that the not saying definitive. Value? I don't know how much value he has. Well, again, put it this way: Nick Benino, who has four point one million left on a year, you might have gotten Strom for a year as, as an RFA for about four and a half to four to five mil. Would you rather have Nick Benino or would you rather have Ryan Strom in terms of? What I'll, take Strom because I'll take Strom only if Panarin wants him. Like, we don't know if Panarin says, I don't need him. You know, they don't have a second-line center then right no, now. I know, but the idea is 
If I'd Gordon, rather have Tremont, but, but the Wild would rather have Medina. If Gordon, if Gordon goes up to Panarin and says, hey, do you need Strom to have the season you did last year? And, and Panarin says no, then he's going to continue his quest, and we could see, like, Derek Stepan. Right, like right, that, you know. right, right, exactly. Um, I forgot to mention this yesterday, which I thought was really interesting, but I just wanted to mention it, is that it was the – I did not realize at all, and I don't know how I didn't know this, that Mario Lemieux and Patrick Wild were born on the same day. I never knew that. Isn't that crazy? And they both had a birthday. They're both like 54 years old. It was yesterday, I think. So it was the who, day would before. The, who would win that fight? That would be an interesting fight. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you're talking about the best, maybe the best, I mean, one, arguably yeah. the best of their positions, you know, you know, or top two of their positions yeah. or top three. You know, I would take Patrick, the same exact day. I would take Patrick Wilde to beat up Mario Lemieux. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fight Patrick. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's also definitely it would be it's also two Frenchmen so like you know there's going to be some sort of like duel at dawn type thing going yeah. on so it's not right but they definitely are but I mean you know Mario and Pat but Patrick is like Patrick's more like you know I'm going to kill you French than than Mario is I think that's Patrick is way more insane than Mario that, yeah you just, right. like, I, you I think you saw that Patrick in his son Freddie like <laughs> yeah that's for sure that's like. That is pretty crazy. Um, I, I would like to see that for sure. Um, all right. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, I think. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow. Um, we could just keep going. Hang up, I'll just keep talking. But I know. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to go, um, we're going to have Russ hose down in the back. And um, <laughs> hopefully we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at one o'clock, same normal, same bad time, same bad channel. And then, on Friday, we will be here at 11.30 with Kevin Allen. We won't be on Facebook at all on Friday. It's just going to be yeah, Friday's Friday. Anthony's birthday, so happy birthday. That's excellent. We'll just be here the whole day. We do, we'd do. love doing the thing last night, though. It was awesome doing it with Hockey Debates. You can check out the second half of the show as well um, there on, on Facebook. But tomorrow, just be here, um, and we'll have Kevin. And uh, and uh, and Kevin's getting dressed up. So, I, again, so I said I'm getting dressed up again. So, I think we should I think we should all go in, like, just like, you know. Okay. No. Put on pants this time, guys. Put on. No. I'm gonna put on a, a hoodie with a hole in it, like Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm going to do need it. multiple holes. Then I'm going for it. You can go for he it. He is a hole, so there you go. I usually wear suits all the time, so I'm going to go okay with it. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you again.